into the sin bin. This is Penalty Box Radio. Four-time Best Sports Blog winner. With Justin Bradford. Three-time winner for Best Sports Reporter and Commissioner of the SECHC. And Glenn Blackwell. It's time to talk all things hockey in the Music City. Penalty Box Radio is on. Smashville's Best Sports Talk. ESPN. 1025 The Game. Hello and welcome to Penalty Box Radio. Justin Bradford, along with Glenn Blackwell, producer Max behind the glass, taking care of us tonight. And seeing as how it's almost October, it's almost time for us to wrap up our season. What? (laughs) Are we supposed to just now get started? Really? Really? I heard Slapshot Radio talking in the previous show that they went a full year. (laughs) They went over a full year. Yeah. I think about quit. that. Is it Anna Green Gables that says like, oh, I love living in a world that has Octobers. And I used to read that and think, oh, hockey. And now it's uh, October's coming and we're like, bye. Oh, draft, <laughs> free agency, off season. I really wish the Stanley Cup final could have gone to at least to play one game in October. Yeah. Yeah. Just one. Just stretch it out a little bit from they the conference it. final to the cup mm-hmm. final to at least say Stanley Cup final games are played in the month of October when the season typically begins. Yep. It was so close. So close. So close. But but they stretched it to preseason. So. They did. So congratulations to the Tampa Bay Lightning. It much deserved. And I think mm-hmm. it was one of those things where a lot of people, I don't want to say feel relieved, but they're like, at least it went to a team that absolutely deserved it with their performance throughout the whole season. Exactly. <laughs> and a few seasons prior, everybody kind of saw glimpses of and oh, everybody yeah. would get to the playoffs like last year. And you're like, what happened? Absolutely. And so it's kind of just that whole redemption story. You kind of, you know, if it's not your team that you're following that you cheer for, you like to see it go to somebody that really deserves it. Right. And the Tampa Bay Lightning definitely earned that. They did. And the Dallas Stars, <laughs> Feelings of 2017 with the Preds dealing with injuries, where they're just battling as best as they can and putting guys in places as best as they can to step up and just, I don't want to say fizzles out, but the magic still couldn't sustain when you have that many injuries that you're dealing with and Tampa Bay being that good and speedy. I I really do think, had they have uh, Foxa, that it could have been different. Yeah, I think he's one of those players that could have made a difference in terms of shutting down some of the speed from Tampa, but... We can talk about ifs and buts all days. Yeah, right? I think that Tampa still would have found a way. And the the thing is, is that when you've got two teams, somebody's going to experience oh, totally. that loss. They have to because only one team can win. So, I mean, you're like <laughs> math. It's, yeah, no, I ran the numbers. And <laughs> it's, it's not looking right good for one of the teams. It's not looking good. Our show tonight is obviously going to focus a lot on looking ahead to the NHL draft, which is next week <laughs> on a Tuesday and a Wednesday. <laughs> next week and we'll be talking with chief amateur scout tom nolan in our next segment he's with the natural predators so looking forward to have him on the show to basically get in mind of a scout and what they're gonna be looking for because obviously we don't know who the predators are gonna pick and they can't really talk about well we would really love to have this guy well, there's plenty that i'm sure they'd love to have but they're mm-hmm. only gonna get one in the first round unless they trade which i doubt <laughs> they will and then after that high school hockey starts next week so Gene Nash had their senior game back on Monday night, and it's grown so much. There were two senior games. There were that many seniors playing high school hockey that they had to have two senior games. And so we're going to talk to Grant Williams. He is a goaltender with Independence High School, and their season starting up officially next week at both Fordyce Centers and Centennial Sportsplex. And they're 
at the point now where they're allowing limited fans in the building. So it's mostly just going to be parents, guardians, and close family. So four members per, I believe, is what the number is. But we're going to stream some of those games as well on Penalty Box Radio. So really excited to have that opportunity to stream some of those high school hockey games because we want to continue to see the growth there. But let's get to our draft preview. Yesterday, David Poyle, general manager of the National Predators, and Jeff Kelty, the assistant general manager, and the director of scouting met with the media here in Nashville via Zoom. So I, it's always difficult to say met with when it's mm-hmm. over Zoom like that. But answer lots of questions and everything about leading into the draft and prospects in general. But first... Some goaltending news with David Poyle <laughs> making that announcement yesterday. You got some squeaky mics over there, Glenn. I do. I'm glad my <laughs> mic wasn't turned on. And goaltender Devin Cooley was signed to an entry-level deal. It's a two-year deal and most likely will be playing, I'm assuming, in Milwaukee or Florida with Everblades. We don't know yet. Troy Grosnick still a free agent. going to be an unrestricted free agent currently with Milwaukee. Connor Ingram obviously will be there too, and I'm assuming he's probably going to take the starting role completely over there in Milwaukee. But here's David Poyle talking about Devin Cooley and his addition to this organization. Yeah, looking for, uh, you know, as I said earlier in my remarks, just trying to fill up the cupboard on all all positions in terms of our goaltending future. We've, uh, you know, we've made a commitment to Connor Ingram. We're signing him to a three-year contract uh, one of the best goalies in the american hockey league but we need to get uh we need to get deeper and we need to get more prospects Cooley's, uh, uh t- to me what stands out right away is he's six foot five and uh that's a that's a goaltender that uh ben vanderklok dave rook are goaltending gurus would really like to a guy that get their hands on they, they see lots of potential with him i, th- I think in the c- coming season when we know more uh, he's either going to be playing in Milwaukee or down in, in, in Florida. Again, we don't know the, the schedules and uh, and that, but again, I'm really happy that we were able to execute on that and to bring in another goalie prospect in addition to, to Ingram to bolster our depth there. So uh, California kid that who thought who saw that coming, but uh, it's, it's, it's pretty neat uh, where we're getting all of these uh, these players, but uh, our guys, our scouts have been looking at him for a couple of years and think that uh, this could be a real good signing for us. So they've been looking at him for a couple of years and obviously interested in, in Devin Cooley. And, and I asked him when I asked this question about Cooley being from California because he got his start playing Tier 1 junior hockey with the San Jose Junior Sharks, mm-hmm. 16U and 18U programs, and he even had a pretty good save percentage playing there. So just interesting to see the addition there and, and what they intend to do with him. But overall, for college hockey, having anything above a 9 is impressive. It, re- it really, really is. Yeah. From the average at at University of Denver in those three seasons, there playing most of his games in the eighteen nineteen season, twenty games, and averaging a one point eight five goals against average mm-hmm. and a nine three four save percentage in college hockey. Pretty impressive. Yeah, and it's good to hear David Poyle talk about just goaltending in general because this is something over the years that yeah, the conversations there. Yeah, you've got Ingram, but the the conversation isn't as heavy in goaltending because the Predators have remained so stacked the cupboard has been full if you will for a very long time so it's nice to start looking past because you know as Pecorine has aged um, you're looking at another body who's 6'5 which is the same height as Pecorine and so that's something positive to look forward to and it's it's awesome that these people have like he said they've been watching him for a couple of years they they really do know the development that they've seen they know the track that he's on the pace that he's on and so it's a very very positive thing to hear the goaltending cupboards start to get refilled, you know? And often, as we see with, with college hockey players, he's already 23. 
Mm-hmm. So it's not the typical, oh, 18 and then played four, I mean, exactly, four years, yeah, went there because yeah. he played junior. Because he played in the USHL, he played in the NAHL, he also played in the BCHL, and then went to college. So mm-hmm. a little bit older as well, which I think bodes well in terms of just mental development, too, of being a professional yep. hockey player. So then going on to the draft and where they're going to fulfill more prospects next week, the National Predators have a plethora of draft picks, and especially important, like David Poyle said, we're restocking this cupboard. And we've been saying that phrase for a few years now because they've traded away plenty of draft picks. They've traded away prospects that were taken in the higher rounds at times. Sam Gerrard, miss you. <laughs> but they have the 11th overall, then the second round, because New Jersey is was awful, they have the 37th overall, and then the 42nd overall, which is their actual pick. So three picks in the top 42 in a draft that's fairly deep, meaning you should knock it out of the park and at least one of those <laughs> you got to come away with something big <laughs> out of those three you should have one that is at least a good top six player mm-hmm. should yep. and so i asked david poyle just about but like, does he salivate <laughs> at the opportunity of having that many so draft picks I, I had to use that <laughs> word because when you have five picks in 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 the first three rounds like that and they're early picks especially in the second that can mean a lot so here's david poyle on the number of draft picks coming up for the preds Salivate is a good word. I'm uh, really excited about it. I, I've really enjoyed the, you know, the previous years here in Nashville and our, our run to the finals and the President's Trophy, winning our our division, winning some rounds in the in the in the playoffs. But uh, you know, we have to face reality that the trends have not been good in the last uh, two years. I don't think that we're that far off. But one of the best areas to improve is through the draft, through promoting uh, players that. Uh, or your younger players, again, we know them a lot better than players that you you, uh, you you trade for. And I think if you get around them and put them in your development program in Milwaukee, what have you, uh, refer again to like the predator way or how we, we do things, I think we've probably found that we've had a little bit more success doing it that way than maybe uh, sometimes by the, by the trade route. So I am really excited. I was excited about the draft last year with Tomasino at the top and I'm really excited about knowing approximately who we're going to get on our first pick this year and then really believing that our scouts can do a good job and pick a few gems here in the second and third round and if we can uh, do that I think uh, we can get this this team this franchise uh, going in the right direction again with uh, not only quality veterans that we have in our team but some young players pressing to to uh to play you know real real soon so you could go from a you know somewhat of an older team right now to a, a younger team in a very short period of time and he has an idea of who they might be picking and, and you will have an idea probably I'm, I'm thinking there's probably a good five players or so that could fall or they're still left there or that jump up that become available who knows but i'm assuming they have a, a good idea and have name pl- nameplates ready i don't know if they're going to do it like what they did with the oscars and send boxes and have an arm punch out it's like <laughs> you win <laughs> uh, surprise surprise that would freak some people out uh, but but it is interesting to see what, at 11 because it's just outside that range where you know you're going to get i think an elite player as we've talked to multiple draft experts on the show, but still going to get a very solid top six player, you should, or a top pairing potential in terms of defenseman, top four at least defenseman, uh, if Sanderson is, say, still available, don't know there. So another big news in terms of prospects has been Ellie Tolvanen and Yakov Trenin being loaned into the KHL. And for them being loaned over there, it's a big deal because it gets them continuing to play in more playing times. It's been a long time since they've had game action. So it's really good for them. So ask Jeff Kelty, who is assistant general manager and the director of scouting in terms of 
what this does to help them prepare coming to training camp because those are two guys that I think, especially Tolvin, and expected them to make a, a difference right now that he needs to be able to perform and getting him game action with Jokerit over in the KHL and then also getting Trennan game action with SKA St. Petersburg over in the KHL and getting them prepared for the season to come right in, reels ready to go in training camp. So here's Jeff Kelty on Tolvin and Trennan on their loan. Yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, any young player, you, you want them to be playing. You want them to, uh, to, to to keep going here. And I think that it's a great situation for both guys. Uh, you know, Tolvin, uh, you know, right away we knew that, that you know, they, they were interested in having him come back. He had, you know, as you all know, he had a lot of success there before he uh, – in his year after we drafted him before he came over. So that's a good situation for him. Their team um, – got shut down a little, uh, for a brief period of time here due to the, due to the, uh, the pandemic over there, but they're back up going again. And, uh, you know, again, with, with all the uncertainty of not knowing when, when we're going to get going here, I think that these are really good situations for both players because they're, um, you know, I guess if you want to look at it, their, uh, their, their normal schedule, has, you know, it's, uh, I guess as, as normal as possible, you know, they, they're, they're back going in September and the fall here and getting into their season. And so hopefully that when they, uh, when we do get going here, when our camp does start, they will hit the ground running and, and have a leg up. I mean, and again, the timing is perfect because we want and need these guys to, uh, to come in and be, and be contributors for us and, and to help, uh, help uh, push our team along here. So I think it's a great situation for both guys. And explains a lot too. Well, we saw some of those pictures of Trenton over there in Russia because they mm-hmm. want to get the, I'm sure, get the deal done, make sure he's under contract, and okay, go go on your loan, get ready for the season, and that's just going to help them be more prepared coming into this next season, especially coming to training camp. Basically, they're already zooming in and ready to play games and coming to training camp, ready to compete and battle for roster spots, which is going to be there's going to be battles yeah. this upcoming season, which is exciting and good for this team. It's good to, for this team to have some battles. It is, and it's hard to be rusty when you stayed active, and so you can't underestimate the power of ice time, and we've always talked about that with people going down to Milwaukee and playing. Just staying on your feet, staying fresh, um, it's only going to benefit. Absolutely. Okay, up next, let's dive deeper into the NHL draft. We have National Predators Chief Amateur Scout Tom Nolan joining us next on Penalty Box Radio here on ESPN 102.5 The Game. And welcome back to Penalty Box Radio here on ESPN 102.5 The Game. Justin Bradford, Glenn Blackwell, producer Max, taking care of us behind the glass. Just had to, just had to let it play a little bit. You know, that's, how, that's how we roll here, right? That's how we roll. I know what I listen to when I'm on, on my way home. <laughs> Bringing back some old school Adele. Well, excited to have our next guest on as we get into the mind of a scout, and especially looking ahead to the NHL draft next week. We have the National Predators Chief Amateur Scout, Tom Nolan, joining us right now. Tom, welcome to the show. Thanks. Thanks for having me, guys. Absolutely. We know there were some technical difficulties yesterday, and I was like, hey, we've got to get him on because Tom always has some good stuff to say Look, going into the draft. So really appreciate you taking the time uh, to join us tonight. And I, and I asked David Paul yesterday about salivating over the number of picks in the, in the, the first 42. For you as the, as the scout, knowing the number of picks the Predators have just in the first three rounds with five overall, how excited does that make you and, and your team of scouts to know that, hey, there's probably going to be some guys available that we know we've looked at, we're excited about, and can really add to this organization? Yeah, we're uh, we're really excited about the the amount of picks that we have. We haven't had this in the last couple of years, and you know, like David said, we have five picks in the first uh, seventy two picks. So it's we can really um, make some hay here with with our with with our picks. Um, really, kind of like we always talk about is stacking the cupboard. 
Um, I think we got to start doing that with our with our organization, and um, I think we have a great opportunity to do that this year. And there's some really we like a lot of guys uh, in the top four rounds. No, absolutely, it's it's a good looking draft overall, and especially at eleven, knowing no matter what you're going to get a good player for this team, going to get a good player. But look at this, and every team's been in this boat with the pandemic, with the pause for especially for junior and college, things like that. What's the process been like for you and your team in terms of evaluating players, knowing that you obviously got a good chunk of their seasons into March, but missed out on the opportunity of seeing some of these guys in playoffs, seeing some of them in the Memorial Cup or seeing them in the college hockey playoffs, just those little extra looks. So what's the evaluation process been like for you guys? Well, to be honest with you, like, the, the second part of the season is like my, my last time I'd been on a plane was March 13th. Um, and that's unheard of for, for myself and, and our staff. Uh, and it, it's been really, it's been a different, different. I, I mean, every, every team's got to go through it. So we're all, we're all going through it, but I think we've done a really good job of when we found out that we were going to kind of halt the season, we kind of took two weeks off and kind of figured out, where we are going from there and then we we adjusted we put a plan in place and we basically kind of and i have to give nick lebrano um our video coordinator um a lot of kudos he went back and basically went through our top 20 for each guy in our territory and did video from like february on to march 13th that was the last game basically that anyone played junior college anything and that we kind of simulated the season um, and we went back and did a lot of video work, and then then we just kind of did that for a couple weeks, and then just got into our regular end of season meetings, and that's kind of how we, you know, got our list together. And keeping with that, so when you're looking at the the depth of players, how do you all handle differences in your feelings on players? Maybe when your thought processes don't line up on who you're looking at and why you're looking at them and you're under a time time constraint, how do you all work through those instances? Um, we've Our staff's been together for a long time, and I think we all know what we're looking for, um, especially this year. Um, we, we, you know, a couple years ago, obviously we went to the Stanley Cup final, We've traded some stuff away, and now we know we need to, like, like I said before, we have to stock the uh, um, the cupboard again. And we know what we need. We need we need skill. We need character. We our scouts know what we need, um, and I think we're all on the same page of what we need. And when we when we are talking about players, it's it's not that we disagree. It's it's more of like we're 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 trying to pinpoint exactly what we need. As, as, as a team and as an organization. And what a lot of people don't fully grasp, I think, is the talent that it takes when you're scouting prospects. I mean, anybody can go on social media and say, oh, you need to pick so-and-so, right? But it's yeah. teachable to some degree, but it's also not easy to teach because what I've seen is there's almost an intuitive aspect to scouting. You can learn to have an eye for it, but some people just simply have a really, really good eye for it. So what are some key components just of this career path overall that people can learn more about this job? You, you've got to learn from your mistakes. Um, I, I think that's one of your biggest, you know, it's, it's okay to look back at drafts and, and talk to your staff and go, how did, how did we miss on this guy? Why didn't we have this guy further along? And it's very hard because a lot of these guys that we're, we're looking at are, are 17 years old. I mean, they're going to be 18 by, obviously, um, the season the following year, you know, the, um, September 15th. But these kids are 
are 17, and you just can't, it, it's hard to really tell where they're going to go physically. So you're just trying to get all the information, like character, how much room he has to move, um, to grow physically. Um, and, and again, like I said, it's, it's learning from past mistakes and it's, it's, it's one of those things you just gotta, you, you gotta be in the business for a long time to, to, to learn it, you know? And you've been doing this for a while, since 2008, with the Predators as an amateur yep. scout. So been there for a while. And again, joining us right now is the National Predators Chief Amateur Scout, Tom Nolan, talking to us ahead of the NHL draft. And Tom, looking at this too, you mentioned character, mentioned a lot of these things. We know a lot of players go through the interview process uh, with, with these teams. And without you know giving away the farm and what you're, what you're asking players, what are some of those things in terms of qualities and how you're able to, to – evaluate how players have some of these qualities like you said they're young and it's and it's hard to yeah. judge a lot of these things too so in terms of these interviews and what you're seeing from players how are you evaluating them that they do have good character they do have leadership qualities that they're, that they're a good person that would be a good fit for an organization well you really got to uh lean on your your area guys uh that's that's number one um those are the guys that are doing the interviews like during the season with coaches trainers um and one of the assets we've had this year is we've had more time to actually even do more interviews um, where we've talked to trainers um, like even further. And just in, in this summer, we've gotten info on guys that, you know, normally they would have got drafted in June. Now all of a sudden you're talking to the trainer in, in August and September and they're like, wow, he's gained, you know, 10 to 15 pounds or five to 10 pounds. And his explosive numbers have gone through the roof. So it, it's, it's, it's kind of helped us a little bit. Um, Again, it, it comes down to when you're really looking at these guys, it comes down to skill, skating, you know, character. But then it's, it's your area guys that are really digging deep into, you know, like what type of person he is and like what type of, like where is he, where is he going? Where is he going from 17 to 21? And, and that's a big, big moment right there, too. A lot of growth mentally and physically happens yeah. in those few years right there. And and looking at the Predators, and, and I'm sure other teams have done this, but the Predators have found some gems. Obviously, Pecorine being a gem with where he was drafted. Yeah. Victor Arvidsson, who was passed over <laughs> before and yeah. then able to find. How proud does it make a scout when a player like that that was either passed over or is found in a late round, what's the pride like for a scout when a guy like that is successful, like a Rene, like an Arvidsson, and say, I, you know, we found this guy. We are able to find him in a round that doesn't exist anymore we found him when he was already passed over it's huge and it and i have to i have to give credit to all our european guys um you know um they've done an unbelievable job kind of finding those gyms you know uh and we just keep we're trying to rely on those guys even more and more uh we and going forward we need we need more of those um we're in that situation right now we just got to keep filling that cupboard um but everyone i mean it's a huge when you get a guy in the seventh round that can, you know, be the best goalie in the league, I mean, that's that's unbelievable. You know, that's uh, and then Roman Yossi we get in the second round, and you know, and now he's a Norris Trophy uh, uh, winner. I mean, that's you know, those are things that we're trying to learn from and 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 keep doing that. We we want to get more of these guys. We want to get we want to get a Norris Trophy guy in the third round. You know. 
Oh, absolutely. And and last before I have to let you go, this is obviously a very different draft. I, I wish could have we could have been in Montreal because I was really yeah. looking forward to that no. trip since I've never been there before. I'm looking forward to smoked meats and bagels. But <laughs> it's going to be digital. So I know there's going to be challenges, but there's also going to be times where it's probably going to be a little bit different in a good way. Like you said, you've mm-hmm. had extra time to evaluate. So what are you looking forward to next week in terms of this experience and what it's going to be like and what you're going to be able to learn from it? Um, first of all, I'm just looking forward to like getting on a plane again and, and, and traveling. Like it, it's, been so, <laughs> it's been so long. Uh, Jeff and I are going down We're we're both in the Northeast. So we're, we're going to be on the same flight down. It'd be nice to just see the guys. I haven't, I haven't seen anyone in Nashville since, since March. So, oh, wow. um, it'd be nice that way. And, and again, it's, it's learning. Like we're, we're going to learn some things that we've never been involved in. Um, and so it's, it, it'll be interesting. I, I do think, like, all the video and all this stuff has been great. I do think that we we got to get back into seeing people live. Um, but I do think we will learn a lot from this process. And and we can we can implement a lot of the stuff that we've done into our, into our system uh, going forward. Well, I'm looking forward to it. I'm a big draft guy. I love following prospects. So, Tom, really appreciate your insight and helping us get into the mind of a scout. So thanks for taking the time to join us. Thanks, guys. I really appreciate it. Absolutely, folks. Tom Nolan, uh, the Nashville Predators Chief Amateur Scout. Great information there just about in the mind of scouting because, I mean, I went through a little bit of training mm-hmm. with uh, ISS hockey, got a little bit there, and it is, like you said, it's difficult. <laughs> it is, yeah, it's, it's a, a hard lot, job. It, it is a lot more than just <laughs> looking at somebody and saying, wow, this is a great skater. Let's get him. And the most you know, difficult thing is to take your eye off the puck. Exactly. We're so trained to follow the puck, to follow the football, to follow the baseball, mm-hmm. to, fi- to follow the ball, the sports puck <laughs> that is yeah. involved in the play. And then when you're evaluating a player, you've got to see positioning, what, what they're doing when they're away from the puck, how they're positioning like that with their hockey IQ and all that stuff. So. Major kudos to anyone that's a scout who's been in the business because it is not an easy job to do. And it's fascinating hearing coming from somebody like that because you think about when you're talking about Pecorine, like at some point there were people that watched him right. that were like, oh, you know. <laughs> like be, and that's where, the, yeah, that's where the intuitive part, I think, comes in because you just sometimes you just right. have an eye for it and you can look at him and see, even if I don't see it in this moment, I can see it three years from now. And that's. That's a talent. That's hard to do. Rini wasn't even playing much. Yeah. He was the backup. Exactly. When they were scouting so there's him, a lot of people so. looking at him just kinda like, Oh, cool. Yeah. You well, know? Yeah, he's a goalie. Okay, great. So So speaking of goalies, we have one coming up next on Penalty Box Radio. Grant Williams, he's with Independence High School, plays with the Independence Spring Hill team in the Greater Nashville Area Scholastic Hockey League, also known as G Nash. <laughs> Need to shorten that up big time. We're going to get his viewpoint on the upcoming high school hockey season and just learn more about Grant Williams. Up next, Penalty Box Radio, ESPN 1025 The Game. Welcome back to Penalty Box Radio, ESPN 1025 The Game. Justin Bradford, Glenn Blackwell. Producer Max. And J-Lo. And, and some J-Lo. <laughs> and he said because he had to listen to A-Rod <laughs> announcing that's, a game today. That's why he played her. I saw a lot of people on Twitter complaining about A-Rod <laughs> in his commentary. A lot, big thumbs down from Max. I missed all this, but I'm going to take it from Max. Yeah. Thumbs down. So we get some J-Lo, who had a fantastic concert. Saw her in Atlanta two years ago. It was right. great. So was, was Adele. Great. Oh, yeah. Anyways, let's talk some high school hockey. We have... Goaltender Grant Williams from Independence High School joining us, and he is taking a break from his job. What an awesome boss he must have to be able to take a quick break to hop on the radio with us. So, Grant, welcome to the show. 
thanks for having me. So let's just dive right into this. You you got an opportunity to play in the senior game, which is a big deal to seniors that play Gene Ash here in the Middle Tennessee area. What did that mean to you to be able to participate? And one, know that you were able to participate with everything we've been going through. And two, what was the experience like for you? Yeah, I mean, it's great because you can, you can really see from like your freshman year up to how much you've grown and how much you've seen the way high, high school hockey works as opposed to you know, other kinds. Um, and you just, I, I don't know, it's just cool to see you grow and get to the senior game and just have fun. And with COVID, it's, it's, it's hard, but it's, it's different. But, we, I mean, we're doing everything we can because we just want to get on the ice and play. So we're going to follow all the rules, you know, masks up and all that. So we're going to do anything to play and just for the fun of it. And you looked like you were having fun out there. I saw your teammates were egging you on to do some stretch yeah. passes to, to try to get on the board there with at least an assist. That kind of shows the fun right there, too. But seeing teammates as well that play for other schools and other teams, is that part of the camaraderie in GNH? They, yeah, you guys are rivals on the ice, but I'm sure a lot of you played with each other growing up, too, right? Yeah, and uh, like we played against the Summit players. Like Indy was with Summit last year. So it was Indy Summit. It was fun to play against you know our old teammates. Um, that we used to play with. And so what are you looking forward to in this upcoming season? And no matter what, it's your senior year, so that's got to be exciting too. So just what are you looking forward to experiencing in your last year at GNASH? Yeah, I mean, we're just going to pursue our – I mean, what we did last year, we're going to carry on from that. We had a good season last year, Uh, one of our best ones, one could argue. Uh, We just had really good passion and good leadership on that team, and we're just hoping to do the same thing this year. Grant, I know you had an injury a couple years back that you've since overcome, and that can obviously wear on people, not just physically, but mentally. But you got through it, and you not only came back, you came back to the game strong. So what was that like for you getting back on the ice mentally and physically, getting back to the game that you love? Yeah, um, yeah, it was really – my first game back, it was really nerve-wracking. You know, I the first shot I got on me, I let in. It was a really easy save, and I was like, wow, are you serious? Like, this stuff is going to go first game back? Um but then, I, I mean, I just played my heart off after that because I was like, you know what, this is like what I love. This is what I love to do. I'm going to do everything I can to get back to it. And that's what I was kind of going through my head, um, you know, during um, rehab and all that. Um, like, I was just going to do everything I could. I mean, I went to not being able to bend my knee at all to all the way back, and I was just ready to play again, and there I was. I don't know. It was just a great feeling to get back on the ice. I mean, that's a good mentality to have, too, right there. And that's how you help bounce yourself back uh, with that going forward. And so being a goaltender, i got to ask, who got you into the game? Who got you to love being a goaltender and wanting to be a goaltender? Yeah, well, um, I started like when I was six years old, but I was uh, like a skater. Then I didn't really think anything of being a goalie. <laughs> and I really, I don't even know what it was. I was just like, you know, that position looks fun to me. Like, I want to try it. So I did. And my first game, I did awful. I... <laughs> I don't. I mean, I let in like nine goals, and the second game I let in like seven goals, and then um, I did. I started doing some trainings with Brad Guzda, who I still see now, and he's great. Um, and yeah, he got me to, after I did a couple sessions with him. After those brutal games, I cut shutouts when I was like nine or ten from him, and I don't know. Since then, it's just been really fun to me. I mean, that's a pretty good progression <laughs> to go from letting in nine yeah. to getting shutouts. So yeah, did, did you? Did, did you kind of model your game after any pro out there, just kind of taking the, the, the teaching that you were getting and going from there? I mean, yeah, just growing up, always just watching Pecorino because I'm a mm-hmm. big Predators fan. That's just who I grew up watching. So I, you know, kind of learned a lot of his styles and developed a lot of 
his kind of movements and all that because, I mean, that's just who I grew up watching. He's really fun to watch and athletic. Excellent. And so, again, folks, Grant Williams, he is the goaltender for Independence High School, a senior going into the season. Gene Ash, high school hockey here in Middle Tennessee, starts up next week. So it just feels like it came on so quickly, but it's already October coming up tomorrow. And so i got to ask this. This is going to dive into the goaltender aspect of this, too. There's always these, these discussions about um, VH and, and RVH in terms of goaltender positioning. I know I'm getting into the weeds here and and everything, but what is your opinion on term, in terms of goaltenders and utilizing the RVH versus the VH? Uh, well, I used to, I think the uh, VH, the regular VH, um, I think that was kind of more of a, I don't know, it was like an early 2000 thing that I noticed, mm-hmm. and it's kind of died down that I've seen. And a lot of goalies, I have also switched to the RVH because it just, it looks a lot cleaner. It's just, you can tell it's taking up more space of the net from the post from either side. And you can even do, like, an RVH with a paddle down from, like, the really close into the post. And then, I don't know, that's just, yeah. How do you how do you feel that affects you in terms of going east to west? Like, for instance, if there's a rebound that occurs or if there's cross-ice passes, how do you feel that affects you when it comes to those in, in terms of movement? Yeah, so it's like when you get, you have your foot on the post, you just get uh, all the power you can get from the post, push off from there, and then try to get to the wherever the puck goes um, as best you can. Sometimes you can overshoot it or sometimes you can undershoot uh, where you're getting to it. And sometimes it goes in, sometimes you can stop it. Well, I'll be watching this year. I had to go goalie nerd just a little bit right there to get your opinion on it because I know goaltenders <laughs> always have opinions on, on those matters and everything. So let, let's get yeah. to know Grant a little bit more here, too. we got to know, what's your favorite hockey movie? Ooh. <laughs> let's see. I've always liked Miracle. That's an original. That's a really good one that I've always loved. That is a great um, movie. <laughs> that's that, that's mine. I, I get all the feels just talking about miracles. Yeah. So I get it. I get it. Yeah. <laughs> so for um, yeah. So for a goaltender, and, and I'm sure most hockey players have rituals and everything, but goaltenders tend to have the rituals. What's your 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 game day ritual, and especially your pregame ritual? What are you usually caught doing, and you make sure you have to do before every game? Uh, so it's like before I get on the ice, I um, I'm, I'm not even getting dressed yet. It's like players are still kind of in the locker room talking. And I'll go out with my, like, a tennis ball, and I have a glove. And I have both my earbuds in. That's a big priority to me to have my music playing um, and just get in the zone and focus and while I'm, you know, throwing a tennis ball and catching it in my glove, seeing how fast I can get it, getting closer to the wall and just, I don't know, uh, doing my eye movements. And then I go in the locker room and then play music, and then I just bond with the, other, uh, with the team before games. Bonding's We're definitely working. a big part. Oh yeah, <laughs> very big sure. So, got to ask them too. Are, can you juggle? No. Oh. <laughs> I've, always, I've always wanted to learn how to try because I've, but I've never been able to. I've tried. But yeah, it's hard. That, that's the that's the next thing. Pecorine was showing that off this off or the pause that he learned how to juggle so that's that's your assignment then is before you graduate you got to learn yeah. how to juggle okay <laughs> so you talk you talk about earbuds being in what's some of the music you're listening to man as a goaltender you listen to relaxing things like pump up music rock rap what's what's usually playing in your in your earbuds yeah i listen to uh mainly rap i have a pre-game playlist because i got put in charge of the oh. box um during the uh pre-game so i <laughs> Got some, you know, Juice World, ASAP Ferg, Trippy Red. Uh, I got some, I don't know, just some rap, and it's good. It pumps me up. I don't know what it is. <laughs> well, I'll be listening for the the walls to be shaking during pregame. Oh yeah, <laughs> you'll hear it. You'll hear it for sure. 
<laughs> well, well, Grant, we do appreciate you taking the time to join us. Best wishes for you this season and enjoy your senior year. So glad you got to participate in that senior game and know how much it meant to you all to be there and for your families to be there watching you. So just thanks for joining us and can't wait to see you in action this year, man. Yeah, thanks for having me again. Absolutely. Folks, Grant Williams, goaltender for Independence Spring Hill. He goes to Independence High School, taking a, a break off of his job. And no. That's, that's, that's One, that was yeah, that's that awesome. was nice of him to do, and also he's fun to talk to. Yeah. Major props to Grant's boss yes. for letting him take 10 minutes to talk to us tonight about hockey. Thanks for sharing him with us yeah, for th- the th- evening. Thanks for sharing. <laughs> so, yeah, Gene Ash is coming up next week. We're going to be streaming hopefully two games a week is our goal. On Penalty Box Radio on Facebook, so you can watch some Gene Ash college, ho- not college, high school hockey. SCCHC college hockey won't start until January, hopefully. So we got a little bit of time before that. But up next, we have some questions to answer, including pie or cake. So be thinking about that, Glenn. Mm-hmm. Pie or cake. Mm. Up next, Penalty Box Radio, ESPN 1025, The Game. And welcome back to Penalty Box Radio here on ESPN 1025, The Game. Justin Bradford, Glenn Blackwell, producer Max behind the glass. Hi, Max. Max, we appreciate it. <laughs> he always bud. waves whenever we say Max behind the glass. <laughs> he just looks so happy back there. So happy. In his little cupboard. Let me his just say, cupboard? Let me just say the cupboard. I love when people say restock the cupboard. Do you ever get that when people are talking about that in the sports world? And we've said that a lot on the show tonight. Plenty. You just hear it and you're like, oh, it feels so organized. Like, I just imagine an organized <laughs> cupboard. And like, oh, I can't wait. You don't do that? I mean, no. <laughs> Max, is your well. cupboard organized? <laughs> Mine is my cupboard. Like in my kitchen? Uh, yeah, 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 kitchen cupboard. Sure. Sure. It's presentable. Oh, Glenn, you're unique. I just love it. Yeah. <laughs> so first question is coming in from Gump and Chase. Pie or cake? Glenn, you go first. There's not an or in between. It's just pie. Pie cake? And cake. No. Oh, pie and um, Okay. Honestly, this is going to depend on the mood oh, that I'm okay. in. Because there are times where... The only thing I want is a, just a perfect little cupcake, which is a cake. Okay. But then there's times during the holidays that I crave more pies. It's a ti- okay. it's a mood thing and a time thing, just my feels. So, but if I had to just randomly be like, oh my gosh, I have to pick one cake. Okay. What about okay. you, Justin? Oh well, hold on, I'm interviewing you on this one. Oh, okay. What what kind of pie though would it be, especially on holiday times? Okay, so I love pecan pie, and that goes back to my childhood. Oh well. It's it's the South. That's my yeah. But that's my that's my default. If I'm craving something holiday-ish, it's gonna be pecan pie. Okay. Um cake, I want carrot cake, I want red velvet cake, I want I want white cake with chocolate icing, chocolate cake with white icing, I want them all. No, I want cake. I do too. That's why when I say cake, when I have to pick one, it's gonna be cake because there's so many yeah. That on any given day, I'm like, that sounds so good. Cake for me, too. Yeah. I mean, I obviously will enjoy some pie. Mm-hmm. Uh, for me, I would like the good peanut butter chocolate pie, mm-hmm. um, French silk pie, pecan Ooh. pie, chess pie. Love those pies. Yeah. But if yeah. it is where I have to choose and you only get one, I'm taking cake. Yeah. So what's your cake pick? What's your top cake pick? Top cake pick would probably be... Hmm, French vanilla cake with a okay. cream cheese frosting. Oh, that sounds nice. <laughs> <laughs> or been... or the chocolate navy cake, which is even it's like it's so rich. What is a chocolate navy? I've never heard of this. The way your face just lit up when it's a chocolate navy cake. I've been watching the Great British Baking Show, <laughs> so I, I feel like I should be a professional now, and I don't know it's this. It's chocolate thing. upon chocolate upon chocolate. So it's two layers of cake, chocolate okay. ganache, 
Oh, that's And good. chocolate frosting. Okay. Obviously okay. all homemade. I would go for that. Yeah, I would, I would definitely go. But do I'd, do, I'd love a pedophore as well. Good pedophore. Oh, yeah. That scared me. Um, <laughs> so... I, I do like. I, I, I watch Food Network too. Okay? I know, I know. Um, I guess we, you have a game, but we can't go get cake after. But I was going to say, yeah, let's sorry. go get cake. Yeah, I have my first rec league hockey game since March 11th tonight. And he didn't dress in his gear. I didn't. Ho- I'm going to go home and dress <laughs> to be a real home dresser, not a studio dresser. Except for that one time. Except for that one time. Okay, <laughs> just had to do it. Next question. There's another food one. This is from mm. uh, Dave Rue. Favorite barbecue spot in Nashville and favorite barbecue spot in the world. Mm, that's a good one because oh barbecue so locally <laughs> i'm a little tied i'm a little tied peg leg porker and edley's are have been two of my consistent hard to go wrong favorite right. barbecue local um in the world though every time i go visit my family in austin okay. there's a place called oh, yeah. the salt lick oh i've heard of that and boy, when I tell you, and they have got a winery <laughs> next door. They have an outdoor oh, deck oh. under a live oak tree with live oh. music. And it's because it's a wait. It's going to be a wait to get in there, but it is well worth the wait. And so overall, that would be my top pick. All Hands right. down, that's my favorite barbecue I've ever tried. All right. So. Here in Nashville for me, it'd be a Martin's or Honey Fire. Honey mm-hmm. Fire being local to Bellevue. Mm-hmm. And Martin's has obviously a few spots here. And it and depends, excuse me, it depends on the type of meat you want at these places. Yeah, yeah. Like, I prefer like a good smoked wing. Uh-huh. Is what I really do love. I'm not judging on brisket here in Tennessee. I'm judging on the smoked wings, mm-hmm. sometimes the sausage. Mm-hmm. Pulled pork, for me, is not as special. I mm-hmm. want the wing and the sausage. It's pretty much the, the two meats that I'm going for at these places. Honey Fire is great because it's a little sweet with a season a seasoned salt that mm-hmm. goes on there. And then Martin's with their, their dry rub, their Memphis dry rub, with the yeah. Alabama white sauce. I'm all about Al- Alabama white sauce. That is chicken. good. Delicious. In the world, going to go to Dallas, so Texas as mm-hmm. well. And I love going to Lockhart. Went mm-hmm. there for the Winter Classic, went there before on vacation when the draft was there, and you order the meats, and they just wrap it up in a paper <laughs> for you, and when you get to the table, you just undo the paper, that's your plate. <laughs> oh, that's the best, because there's no cleanup, nope. just toss it in the trash. And you order it based on pound, so you're like, yeah, I'll take a quarter pound of this, and they just chop it up right there, weigh it, and wrap it up in the yeah. paper, there you go. That's called efficiency. It's very, very efficient, all different kinds of meats, or Pecan Lodge uh, mm-hmm. there in Dallas. Love and out- as well. outside of Austin, before Austin... Back when I was in college, Dreamland Barbecue in Tuscaloosa. We would drive an hour. It was like an hour and a half from Starkville where I went to school. And we would drive to Tuscaloosa, Alabama just for the Dreamland Barbecue. So So my teammate, Chris Rivas, just tweeted, you're required to bring cake to tonight's game. I don't have time to get cake. I, don't have time I think you should go get cake with me after and make time. You should have dressed up in the studio like you always do uh, in your always. outfit. Always. One time. In your one hockey time. outfit. And one then we could have had time for cake. One time. Okay. Just oh, saying. ooh, a hockey question. <laughs> what? Brandon Stever is asking, who would be a third-line defenseman that the Preds can bring in to solidify the third pairing? Talked about this with Ryan Porth on Monday night on Preds Insiders. I know he's probably going to have his price go up, but just when the Stanley Cup, the Tampa Bay Lightning probably aren't going to be able to afford to re-sign a bunch of guys, but Kevin Shattenkirk would be mm-hmm. one. And I actually think he'd play in the second pairing, and mm-hmm. you can move Dante Fabro down to the third pairing and let him get a little more protection and more seasoning in the third pairing. Which is I still d- very solid right. down there. Yeah. doubt that would happen, but I'd still Shattenkirk would be the number one. I'm sure he's not the number one priority. I'm sure he is the number one priority for multiple teams out there, but him, Zach Bogosian, I think would be okay in the third pairing as well. Mm-hmm. A physical guy, and I'm doubtful that he'd be back in Tampa too. So those are two guys, very two different guys, but Kevin Shattenkirk kind of had a resurgence this season after he got bought out by the Rangers. So those would yeah. be my two that I'd be looking at. 
That's a good choice. Without even looking to see who's available, I'm not going to try to sit here and say, <laughs> I think so-and-so, and they're like, well, nope, he's not even available. But yeah, I mean, the good thing is, is that, like you said, if you do bring in somebody like that, you're still going to have a solid third. Right. If you're moving them up to the second, you're still going to have a solid third. So it's going to be solid all around. But and because I want youth Kirk, to be, I, I can see, I want youth to be in the third pairing somewhere. Yeah, yeah. I want a Carrier and a Lard. Yep. I think Davy still needs a little bit more time, but he's probably going to get a really good deep look at mm-hmm. training camp. I want one of the prospects on the third pair. Yeah, and that's where the growth happens. <laughs> that's where the growth happens. Right. They darn well better be prospects. You heard it here. If there's not. We got angry Justin. Mm. He's growling right now. So either get him cake or put that prospect <laughs> on the third line. I don't know. Seriously, it is time to let these guys go in, into, yeah. the, into the big leagues. Carrier has been biding his time. Mm-hmm. And it's one of those things, too, if you got to give him a shot here, because if you can't make it now, then it's time to just cut your losses. Yeah. Seriously, because you can't keep having him play in the AHL and be okay with that, unless he's okay with that. Mm-hmm. You know he probably wants more, so it's time to give him looks playing against the big boys in the NHL to see if he can continue. Yeah, because that's what players want to do. They want to yeah. they want to continue on. playing with the big boys, and if not, they want to be somewhere where they can. Because there's going to be more draft picks, finally, in the next few seasons as they continue to have more draft picks. They're going to be mm-hmm. taking places and taking spots in Milwaukee as they finish in junior, as they graduate from college and finish college to go play in, in the A they're going to have to, spots are going to have to open up. So I want to see prospects there. Next question comes from Ryan. Who are some key players the Preds should look at signing or trading during free agency or the draft? I don't think th- th- there's key players in terms of signing because I want youth to be a part of this. And especially with a flat cap, I don't see the Predators wanting to spend towards the cap because they don't have much flexibility. David Pola spoke yesterday about not having much flexibility. That's why, obviously, bye-bye Mikhail Granlund. Mm-hmm. Craig Smith, pretty much gone unless he's going to take a discount. I can't even see, and his term probably is a big thing too, probably wants three or four years. Predators could probably give two mm-hmm. based on other contracts are going to be coming in. But it's not going to happen. There's no flexibility for this team, so I don't see key players they should sign. I think in terms of defense, Shattenkirk, if the price is right, but he could be demanding a lot more now just because of his performance with Tampa. Mm-hmm. Trading, that's the kicker. <laughs> yeah. Finding a way to relieve yourself of Kyle Turris's contract unfortunately just hasn't worked out and i hate it for him because it just he seemed to have a little bit of a resurgence and playing better under john hines but i think they have to kind of wipe their hands and wash their hands free of that contract now to free up the space whether it's through buyout or trade even if you have to pay someone to take him mm-hmm. you feel like you get a little bit of return if you get a future considerations back yeah um and, and you've got a little bit more wiggle right. room when you when you do right that, so. or if you buy him out you're gonna be paying for eight years on that too, but then you still have wiggle room in the in the cap that you're going to need, especially when you don't have the gate to help supplement lost revenue coming mm-hmm. in. I think it's going to be difficult to be right up to the cap just because you have to be mindful of that so you don't hurt yourself in the future to be able to pay contracts that you can't be spending towards the cap unless you are for sure you have that revenue coming in from the gate. And we know there's not going to be sellout games happening yeah. anytime soon. They're probably fans maybe in some yeah. form or fashion, yeah. but not sellouts. Not like what we're used to seeing, 17,113 been a while since i've said that <laughs> oh no but it's, it's going to be a while so trades uh, getting rid of kyle Turris, if there's a right suitor for nick benino mm-hmm. his trade value is the highest it could possibly be right now i'm not pushing to say you need to trade him i'm saying if you're going to trade a forward he has value he yeah. had a tremendous season he's been solid overall now and there are teams out there that could absolutely utilize a guy like Nick Benino. So it's nothing against him. It's more about the value he brings. That's a good That's thing. That's a compliment. That's yeah. a compliment that he actually has trade value that he could bring in something the Predators could use, whether it's a draft pick or it is 
a prospect that could be a decent prospect, a good middle six prospect potentially. So those are my targets right there. Yeah, and I'm just going back to what David Poyle said. You know, he said oftentimes when you look at the history of the Predators, them looking within their own organization where these people have come up has often been more successful for the Predators than trade situations. Not saying that trade situations have not been, but just listening to him say that gets me kind of in that mindset of just bringing up that developed youth that they've worked so hard for. Absolutely. Get the youth going. I'm excited to see him. I'm excited to see what Tolvanen can do, what Trenning can do, what Tomasino potentially can do, Carrier, Allard, Davies, Pitlick. There's Mm -hmm. so many to choose from that deserve opportunities, I think, now, and we'll see what happens there. Well, we have one more show left in the season, and it's basically going to be our draft recap because we'll be on after the draft finishes up next week on Wednesday. Whew, our last show of the season happening in October. It's so, so weird. But we'll be back when the NHL season comes back. So if you miss anything tonight, make sure to go to PenaltyBoxRadio.com. For producer Max and Glenn, this is Justin Bradford. Thank you so much for tuning in to Penalty Box Radio here on ESPN 1025 The Game.